0: like flame, set our souls with your desire, let our passion bring you vain, so let the stuff be like a fire, let the stuff be like a flame, set our souls with your desire, let our passion bring We are your burning ones. We are consumed by you. We set our lives apart. The praise and altar, Lord. I want to see your face. Pass me by the crowds of people and the priests to sing your praise. I'm humble and thirst for your righteousness, but it's only found in one place. Take me in to the whole. Holy place past the praise And answer, Lord I want to seek your Faith, pass me By the crowds people And the To sing your praise i hunger and thirst For your righteousness But it's only found In one place Take me in to the Holy of Holies
1: Hello everybody! So here we are. I wanted you to see this place again. I'm sure some of you are very familiar with this building. Um, as you can see, the, all the clothes that are strewn over all the chairs, you know, this is what it's still being used for as a relief center. But uh, we as an eldership gathered in here on Friday morning and we just prayed and we spoke into order what we believe God's saying over us as a church and uh, felt that part of it would be good to just start doing some of our sermons from here so we can actually have a look at this old building so i can use my hands again i'm wearing a shirt that i bought in february that i wore for the first time today so this is all very exciting being able to do this and to be here but man i miss you people being in front of the preacher and kind of being able to respond and heckling and chirping me and all that but um uh, no we are going to be preparing and getting ready to be able to be back together and uh, just to Comment on, you know, we've had the changes now being cut down a lockdown to be down to level two. We as an eldership are discussing, talking about the realities of what this can go down. There is a group of people that are fighting for the church legally so that we can have some kind of sort of standpoint. The challenge is we've got a lot more people than 50 people, but they're fighting to have the position where, you know, bigger churches. Now the regulations of all the lockdown are easing quite a lot where we can have more than 50 people to be able to gather so there is things that are happening. So I want you just to start preparing your hearts because there's going to come a day where we're going to call a date and we're going to say we're meeting and we're gathering and we've got to kind of get ourselves ready for for all those things and that it's going to happen. So just hang in there. I can feel it in my spirit. There's this tipping point that we are about to get back to some kind of point, being able to gather together and to be able to worship God. And uh, man, we've all said it. We all long for and miss this corporate worship that we get to do together. And uh, the time's coming and we push through the. These last six months, they haven't been easy in many ways, but uh, we've made it. We've come through and uh, there's this easing of where we're at now. So we just have to hold on to the truth of our King and our Lord. And we've got lots to reflect on and to kind of debrief how what we've been through in the last six months. But you're still standing and that's important to kind of know. And that's just uh, a, 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 the indication of that our God is faithful uh, and that to us. Yeah, On Saturday, we uh, had the memorial service here for Ken Prentice. And celebrated his life with his family and also for his sister who happened to die a month after him. She was in her 99th year. He was in his 95th year and we had a great time with their family and some friends just celebrating a a good man's life. So, fantastic. Um, So, the other day I was going off to Fishhook area to go and see somebody. And as I was driving over Boys Drive... I looked out and all the views you know always great to look out over there and again there are a whole lot of servers in the water but they're not allowed to be in the water so there's all of these regulations that aren't working for some but are for others anyway and I, I looked out and you know in the clouds when you often get you know it was a cloudy day and um and this array of light kind of shoots through the cloud onto a little spot and there was this you know a lot of dark clouds because it'd been raining and there was just this one opening in a cloud and a ray of light came shining straight through, you know, onto the land. And I looked at it. Oh, it always looks beautiful. I mean, you know, the, the shaft of light coming through. But what was amazing about this moment here is that the, because the northwest was blowing, the clouds were moving. But what happened with the, the ray of light, you know, and that ray of light. It's always beautiful. Love. God just shines through the darkness. You know, He shines through the darkness and all that's happening there. And and as the clouds moved, obviously the gap in the clouds moved along as well. But what happened was the ray of light kept staying on the same spot. I don't I'm not sure how this worked, but you would think that the ray of light would move. But clearly the sun doesn't move it's fixed in one point and that just speaks of God's faithfulness that him shining through he's unmoved he's unchanged he's unwavering in every single way the steadfastness of our lord never ceases but as the the clouds moved the ray of light kept shining onto one spot and it kind of moved and the rays like angled and it kept looking at this one spot that it was looking at and i just was immediately reminded of that verse in Two Chronicles, I think it's two Chronicles, you are 16, verse 9, it says, But the eyes of the Lord move to and fro across the earth, looking for those hearts that are turned to him and looking to those hearts that he can strengthen. You know, and the eyes of the Lord are upon us, you know, and they're upon us as individuals, they're upon us as churches, and as the body of Christ across the world. The eyes of the Lord are on us. And, and you know, that's not a scary thing. That's a beautiful thing because he's watching and he's engaging with us, his people. You know, and there's another verse in Zechariah 4. And we love Zechariah 4 because it speaks about that verse that the bay is essentially been planted on and built upon, not by might, nor by power, but by, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. And there's a verse there that says, speaking about those lampstands with the seven kind of points for the the, the light and the oil and all those and it speaks about you know in verse uh, chapter four, it's verse ten, I think it is. It says the and the seven represent the eyes of the Lord, which range throughout the whole earth. His eye is upon us, and uh, just that picture just was just so beautiful to see. And it just always gives such nature. Always just speaks so beautifully to us and assures so much about who God is to us. You know, and and as we know. We are journeying through Joshua and uh, we are in chapter 7 now and there's a lot we're going to wrap up through Joshua because the next chapters, as I say, is just a lot of fighting and back and forth and we'll wrap up the book in the next week or two and then we feel we're going to start speaking about kingdom and the the kingdom now, the kingdom on earth, the kingdom to come, the now and the not yet, all that we're going to speak through. But we're in chapter 7 of Joshua. And those eyes of the Lord are, are quite pertinent in this chapter because he sees everything. Nothing can be hidden from the Lord. And I want to just read the first verse of chapter 7, and I'll, as again, paraphrase a little bit of the chapter because it's, you are going to read the whole kind of part. You can pause now and you want, and you can read that in your own time. It says here But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Kami, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, again, see, it's always generational, yeah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burnt against the people of Israel. You know, and now just to paraphrase chapter 7 for us and, and get a little understanding what's happening here. And keeping in mind the eyes of the Lord, how they watch. So what happened was, there they had just taken Jericho. The walls had collapsed. God said to them, you know, the the devoted things that they must destroy everything from, you know, the cattle to the people to everything. They must, and the only person that was saved was Rahab and her family. They must destroy everything, but one guy, Achan. He took some of the devoted things that were meant to go into the house of the Lord. Some of the gold and the silver and all that, that they were to keep, to put in the house of the Lord and the tent of the tabernacle of meeting. that were reserved for the Lord. And this guy took some and he hid them in his tent. And uh, he took the devoted things. No one saw. No one noticed. But God saw. You know, and just to paraphrase this chapter a little bit now. So what happens then, the next step the next battle they're going to go and fight. They're going to go and fight the the people of Ai, um, and they lose the battle. And they they don't. Joshua doesn't send up as many. He says, only send. Uh, I think it's three thousand that um, they say send up. Don't send everybody because they're a smaller army. And thirty six of them got killed in that battle, and you know came back now defeated. And so what happens is Joshua goes before the Lord and with a big Y. And like, why did that happen, God? You were so for us. What has happened? Why have we, you know, lost this battle, which was a seemingly easy battle to be able to win? And then God reveals the secrets. Of what has happened. And so there's, there's, there's someone in the camp. And what happens is there. Because there were you know a million or two million people. With all the children. He had to break it down from tribe. Within the tribes they had broken. And it slowly was a, a process of elimination essentially. And they narrowed it down to one small part of a tribe. And it was that man's family. That had stolen devoted things. And they had to kind of clean out the camp. And God asked of them. Now you need to consecrate yourself. And they cleaned out the camp. And then what happens is they go and fight a battle against the same guys and they win. And and all I want to draw out of this chapter here today is that the whole context of how it started here. The eyes of the Lord are on us. And, you know, there's a beautiful context here. Is In the Old Testament, what happened was that the priest, like a Joshua that represented as a prophetic guy as well for the nation of Israel at that time, he with the elders always would go before the Lord and plead to the Lord. Why? You know, what's happening? And the Lord would speak to him and he would instruct the elders and, and they would instruct the you know, the people that are around the leaders of the different tribes and break it down. And then the people would follow as the one leader spoke to the Almighty God and found that. But that process that they've just been through here in chapter 7 is such so similar to our lives. We so easily live like that. We become ignorant to the realities of God, always watching and seeing how we respond and how we do things. And I'm sure we've all experienced this. You have victory in your life. You either overcome something or there's a breakthrough or you get some you know play out in your life that kind of really, and it's victory. And you walk in that and it raises, in God, I'm talking about, not in your own strength, in God. And so you're confident now in the things of God. And God does good for you. And then you tend to kind of just relax and say, well, this is all good now, man. This is kind of working quite nicely. And you kind of then start moving on and you do something. And it's maybe, you know, a sin or some context. And you kind of think, oh, well, God doesn't notice. And you move on. You say something or you take something or you do a little something like that, that you think no one notices and you kind of go in your life. And then you wonder why maybe things go wrong and things kind of, you know, You know, and and again, what happens in there, we fall into thinking that we can do it our own way and do it better. And that and then we fail and we fall and then we go to God and we say, God, why? Why did that happen? And then by his grace, we come to him. His blood cleanses us. That pattern and that cycle is a continual thing in people's lives. And it's, it's, it's learning, you know, to break that pattern and cycle a little bit and walk in the victory and the context of what his fullness and the complete work that Jesus has done for us to be able to live that. But what I want to draw on you, the context was that as Joshua as the priest would speak to God for the people, we now are all priests before the Almighty God. And 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 we are kind of breaking out of what these last six months have kind of been to us. And as I've always said in many different ways, it's 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 been it's different for all of us of what we're all walking through in that. And but what you need to know, yeah, for Bay City Church is as we as an eldership, you know, we pray for you guys, the people that God has given to us as. You know, to shepherd and to kind of watch over and to see that your lives are, you know, walking in accord to things of God, not by a judgment, not by a legalistic approach, but a way of grace. And it's been very difficult over the last six months to have greater connection with people because we're not seeing each other. We're not being able to just have a little chat and connect in many different ways. Obviously, we have seen people, but it's been harder. To be able to do that but I want you to know as an eldership we stand for you as our people that God has given us to take care of in in the government structure for this community there's a church just down the road that operates in exactly the same it's a government structure of elders and they care for that flock and all these little mini kind of flocks and governments all over the place make up the bigger body of Christ but we came and prayed in you on Friday morning. And we really, you know, trusting what God is doing. We drank of some new wine that we believe that God is pouring out to us as a people. As the wine skin's been adjusted over this last two-year period for us as a community. And we are praying, believing, because it's not only that we as elders would be the partakers and enjoy the, in, in a way the spoils of what god would pour out to us as we've seen so much favor with sozo so much favor with Kula, and so much favor in different people's lives in the group of the church who who are doing incredible things for the almighty and as a church we are we are seeing god doing great things through us but it's not just the elders that get to partake we all become partakers Of what god has done as the elders set an order and pray and believe and create an environment for people to flourish and to come alive and who they are in the things of god and but the power is you see i'm not your priest in today's world many churches would like to believe that the pastor is the only way that they can get to the father but, uh, or the priest, more like it, in the context. But you now are all priests, and you are able to access the Father. And why I'm speaking on this is that because the eyes of the Lord are on us, the eyes of the Lord are on you, and He's watching to see how we work according to how He's given us the mandates. And as we learn that word prosperity, it's not that we prosper with wealth. It's that we learn to actually achieve and to be successful in all the things that God has given us for him to do here on earth for his kingdom and the establishment of that. And see, the power is the elders are not your connection to God. We stand here in this hall on Friday at a powerful time, praying, setting in order, just believing what God's got in store for us but, and you're all partakers in that, but you get to go before God and say, God, here I am. You've made a way for me, Jesus, to be able to speak to you, the father. I'm now a child. I'm an heir to the throne of the almighty. And I come to him as a priest, meaning that you can offer yourself and the sacrifice of your body is that you lay yourself before him. And because of the blood that was shed, you now can come before the almighty. And and there's a cleansing that's taken place over your body and your life. And See the power in this and you're looking through Joshua here and how that constant pattern, you know, in in the old covenant is that there was sin in the camp. One person affected the whole con. They lost a battle because one man had stolen devoted things. And in a new covenant, you see the one man has paid the price for all. So one person being in sin in our community is not going to hold us back. It's going to, it's, it's, it, we believe that yes, God will highlight, help people walk in freedom, but it's not going to hold back in a new covenant because we're all priests now to be able to stand and what God has given us. And when you read through the Bible, and now we're living in a new covenant context, there are no perfect people. If you understand and you just see some of the the, the ways and the the jealousy and the manipulation and the different contexts that different people used from Abraham to Joseph to David to all the things they did, there's only one perfect man and that was Jesus. And Jesus was the perfect representation and example to us. But no one's perfect. And if we ever, as a leadership, like we've said, if we ever try to portray that we've got this and we know exactly. And mean, we were joking the other day, like Kathleen was the last person that preached here at the bay. And uh, she locked, she, she shut the whole thing down. I think she should come preach back again so she can open the whole thing up again, you know. But it's the whole point is that we're not trying to live on the point of like, we got this. You know, don't worry. Like, we're imperfect people. But in Christ. Being a priest before the almighty God now, he has made us perfect in his eyes because his blood is covered and paid a price for sins. And, that, and what you find in the, in the patterns and all these people in the Bible is that those who had their hearts set towards God, those are the ones that flourished. They did things wrong, but they were the ones that flourished. And what you find is those that didn't set their hearts to God, they incurred the wrath of God. And you know, the judgment of God is still a real thing. The judgment has been taken upon Jesus right now for us in a new covenant. But we're still going to have to answer for what we did. And according to the rewards and all the things And we'll talk about, those in the kingdom kind of stuff that we'll speak about in the weeks coming coming ahead of us. But we'll, we'll find that those hearts that aren't set towards God, they incur the wrath of God. That guy, a- Achor, who, who stole the devoted things, his whole family. And I don't know how many people that in you know, encapsulated, but I mean, it, it could have been maybe 30, 40 people. They stoned them outside the city. They they, they they put them, set them on fire and they stoned them. And the stones covered them and they left it as like a memorial to these people. I mean, it's not great. The old covenant is really quite messy sometimes in how it portrays things. But we would never do that in our new covenant because it's been paid a price for us. We get that. But we see that when the heart is set towards the Almighty, when their heart is aligned to who they are in God and not having and getting it perfect. Even in an old covenant, God showed grace and he showed mercy. And now in this new covenant, His grace and his mercy is so evident to us as his people. So set your hearts towards him because his eyes on you. You can't hide anything from God. He will see it all. And it's in his grace and his slow wooing that he slowly opens things up and unearths things in our hearts so that we learn to trust him and fully give ourselves to him. Not holding anything back thinking, well, I could never give that part to God because it's just, it's so, you know, wicked or it's so shameful that happened in my heart. He sees it all. There's nothing to hide from the Almighty. And that's the beauty in it. There's a, I think it's Psalm I don't know, Psalm 103, it's somewhere around there, 107, it says that, that he leads us, he guides us with his eye. You know, like my children, and I've said this before, you You know, where uh, just one look at my little guy, he knows what I'm thinking. And if he's trying to step out of line, just my look, just my eyes looking on him makes him realize exactly, or it's a, it's a look of love. It's just a look and a little, you know, you're not saying anything, but your eyes just say, I love you. You're, you're mine. You're beautiful. That's the eyes of the Lord are looking. They're on us. And it's beautiful. And he's looking to strengthen those hearts that are turned towards him. And and if we read in 1 Peter, you know, these are beautiful passages just depicting the priesthood of God's given us. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. It says, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen. This is Jesus now and precious You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Now, we haven't been able to meet together for the last six months, but that hasn't broken down our spiritual house. Because we all living stones make up the house of God, and we're a community of the Spirit. So our separation has been painful, and we've missed each other, and we've been able to worship, but we are still in the priesthood because before god we can still commune and have a place to him so it says built on the spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ and again here is now the famous verse we all know in verse 9 and 10 it says but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people for his own possession That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. And once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Mercy! How powerful is that for us? Folks, we were not a people. You were a nobody. But because of Jesus, he's given us the priesthood of all believers. Now he made a way for us. He's our great high priest. And now we be able to go to the Father because his eyes on us. And we can't hide anything from him. And we see from Joshua today that because of one family and one disobedience in saying you're going exactly against what God was saying, it affected the whole community and the whole tribes all the tribes of israel and i'm saying that doesn't happen today but it affects you and your life when you hide things in your heart and the eyes of the lord see it and they see things of your life and stuff why don't you open up your heart just lean into him and, and Prepare yourself now over these next couple of weeks as we start preparing and getting ready to meet in here again. Don't rely on that gathering when we come and meet in this building that, oh, when we get there, I'll feel better. We're all going to feel better because it's going to be awesome just to be helped to worship together. But build yourself up in your holy faith. Take time over these next little while. Speak in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Build yourself up. Edify yourself before God because you're a priest. And nothing can hide. And nothing is hidden from his eyes. And he's looking to honor and bless and strengthen your hearts. As we gaze on him, as we look to him, as we just find strength in who we are in his end. Because the thing is, in this last six months, you know, you've got to believe, and we've got to know this. He's not forgotten us. He's not forgotten you. You know, through this whole process that's been very difficult for some, and as I've always said, different for all of us. He's not forgotten us. He's not forgotten the church. He's not forgotten his people and gone. He's not surprised by all that's been coming and, and gone down in this earth. But things are being exposed all over us. And there's an arising of the church in this time and this hour to say, you know what? We are believers of the kingdom. We stand for kingdom values, kingdom truth, kingdom understanding, and how governments don't live for that. They don't honor the almighty God anymore. And a people has to arise over that, not in rebellion, but in a, in a, in a standing of the truth of what God has given us. So... I want to encourage you today as we finish up here that you are a priest before the Almighty. Don't rely for when we come back that you, oh, now the meeting and the preacher is going to satisfy me and we're going to see each other face to face. No, no, build yourself up in your most holy face because the eyes of the Lord are on you. And that picture that I had right in the beginning, the, the clouds were dark and stuff, but the little gap that opened up, the light shone right through. There's nothing so dark in your heart and in your life that the Lord can't shine a light upon To bring light, to bring freedom, to bring breakthrough, to bring a a, a release of all those things that have held you back. Allow him just to minister to you. Allow him by the Holy Spirit to touch you and counsel that place in your heart, and you build yourself up because this is the season that God has taught us to be that—to stand firm on who we are in Him and not relying on the pastor, who's in in the context of Joshua. You know, he'll he'll sort it out for me, or you know, I'll go to him and he'll pray for me. We've been forced to learn to do that on our own. And it doesn't negate the role that we play as a pastor, as an eldership here. That's government that God's given you as a safe environment to flourish in. But you're a priest before the Almighty. And I speak that out over you today to stand firm on that and the grace of God that extends you. It's one Hebrews that says you can boldly approach the throne of grace and come to the Almighty with confidence, knowing that he will never, ever reject you. So I speak a life over you to your father. We want to thank you that as I stand in this building here today, we know that in our hearts, Lord, we will gather here and we will worship and we'll praise you and we'll feel the power of what it is, Lord, to be in a corporate setting to worship you, to feel your presence with the promise of where two or three are gathered, we feel you, your presence is in the midst of us, we feel encouraged, we feel enthused, we feel empowered, we feel um, free, The, 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 the power of the Spirit just kind of releases us from all bondages, we know that feeling, Lord, but I pray in every home, in every heart, no matter what time or what context people are listening to this they will be ministered to you'll be touched by the almighty god by his spirit that you would arise in your own heart as a priest of the almighty god he's given you that position and stature now so that you can come to the father And nothing will reject you. You come to him with boldness and confidence. Knowing the blood of the one perfect sacrifice is played for all. And we honor you, mighty King Jesus, for giving us all of that through the sacrifice that you gave for us. I speak life over every heart. As we prepare ourselves for the spring season that's coming for us. That we as the church would flourish in this time. And we bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed, folks. Have a fantastic week. We'll keep in touch. As you know, Thursday nights, we go live with uh, Martine and Roxy. that has been some fantastic conversations there. They'll continue that um, journey, but we'll keep in touch. And soon and very soon, we're going to be here. So prepare your hearts. We love you guys. We'll see you soon. Cheers now.